This is the In Focus podcast from the Hindu. Hello and welcome to the Hindu's In Focus podcast. I'm Anand Krishnan, your host for today. On February 19th, Friday, China for the first time said it had lost four soldiers in the June 15th, 2020 clash in the Galwan Valley with India, finally breaking its silence over the number of casualties suffered by the Chinese military. The announcement on Friday has triggered an outpouring of national sentiment in China, with thousands of internet users paying tribute to the soldiers as well as expressing their anger at India. In this episode, we are assessing China's media coverage of the border crisis in the wake of this announcement as well as this very carefully crafted narrative by the state controlled media in china as well as the timing of the announcement which came 9 days after india and china announced a process to disengage along the line of actual control we also look at the broader aim of this media narrative in china which appears aimed at underlining the message the communist party of china under xi jinping had defended china's territory and also to portray india as an aggressor has this narrative been successful within china helping us make sense of this question we are joined today by antara goshal singh a researcher at the center for social and economic progress at think tank in new delhi who carefully studies chinese language sources and is the best person we could have to discuss this issue today Thank you so much Antara for joining us. Thank you Anant. If I can first uh, begin by getting your take on this uh, announcement on Friday which has really got a lot of attention over the past weekend in China uh, the announcement of honors for five soldiers four who are being awarded posthumously. Is it fair to say Antara that a lot uh, more people now are aware of what happened in the border crisis 8 months ago than was the case earlier? Uh, yes anand uh, there has been a lot of publicity over the death of soldiers the galwan clash and uh, and all that um but i i don't think it is just to create public awareness because mm. uh, the galwan incident uh, and china india relationship has been a major talking point in china since the last one year right. and uh, i i have never seen I, i'm i'm sure you uh, like you have been uh, reporting on china for very long but i think you would agree that there there was not uh, i mean like there was never so much of reporting so much of discussion debate on uh, on india in probably uh, in a very long time that's true yeah so i yeah so um, i am not sure uh, if this is just to create public awareness and what what did you make of the timing of the announcement it came one day after the the week long holiday in china had ended so it got a lot of attention there's also the fact that it's happened about 9 days after disengagement began which has now been completed in the north and south bank of pangong lake so perhaps one suspicion is that the chinese government did not want a situation where all this kind of sentiment would be unleashed in the middle of the crisis so is this a kind of signaling that they think that perhaps at least some part of this crisis is or the worst of it is over you know um, as i mentioned in uh, in my piece in um, india today like this sudden release of uh, 
casualty numbers. Uh, mm. It needs to be seen in the light of the debate that has been going on in China over the disengagement and withdrawal uh, mm. agreement. You know, so there has been a lot of uh, discontent and resentment among people over perceptions like uh, China is giving away too much. China mm. is uh, uh, taking a weak posture, mm. and uh, you know, in a way, you can say that. Uh, well, it is a um, distractionary mm. technique. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you know, it is also an effort to show China from a position of strength. Mm. Uh, like China is in control of the situation in Ladakh. And um, it is actually, you know, um, contrary to the perceptions, the various perceptions that are there, um, mm. it is actually leading the negotiation process uh, towards its towards its own interest. Mm. So uh, that was quite visible from, I mean, uh, if you kind of, you know, equate uh, the uh, the debates that were taking place and mm. the, uh, you know, the sudden uh, release of numbers and I mean, casualty figures, you can, mm. you can uh, find a link between them, probably you can establish a link probably yeah. from that angle. Yeah, I think that's a very valid point. And I think for our listeners, uh, it's actually quite unprecedented even though in India, we, we've been wondering eight months is a long time for China to announce casualties. India did so promptly, having lost 20 soldiers in Galwan Valley. Actually, China in the past has taken years, if not decades, to announce casualties because it's seen as such a politically sensitive matter. And I think Antara does make a good point that the discussion very much seems to be on this rather than the terms of withdrawal. But having said that, Antara, you did write recently uh, on the debate regarding the withdrawal at, at Pangong Lake, if we can start with the North Bank, if you can just help our listeners understand what has been the flavor of the debate. Do they feel that it's a fair agreement that creating this buffer zone where neither side is going to be present? Or do they feel that China is giving away too much uh, in Pangong Lake? Has there been a lot of attention uh, on the specifics of the agreement, Antara? Uh, yes, Anand, uh, there has been a very uh, intense debate uh, on the terms of uh, withdrawal. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, I could see a lot of resentment, as I told you, over loss of uh, area of actual control, um, like the area of actual control, which they mean uh, the area between uh, finger four to finger eight. They argue mm. that that has been reduced to a gray zone. Right. So that is one uh, one aspect that, uh, uh, you know, they were uh, highlighting quite a lot. And uh, then there were resentment about, uh, you know, the retreat uh, being, um, uh, I mean, like, you know, it was not uh, equidistant for both the parties. Mm. Um, and then um, there were concerns about China making concession or giving away too much to India. Mm. And uh, from the broad sentiment uh, point of view, um, uh, it, was, it was somehow perceived as China backing down. China unwilling to fight and, um, you know, it is withdrawing before uh, before teaching India a lesson. Mm. Um, among the major concerns that I could see uh, was like, you know, um, that this compromise is going to have uh, disastrous uh, consequences for uh, China. Mm. And... Um, you know, it's like it's in a way of uh, uh, loss of initiative, mm -hmm. um, erosion of uh, their uh, power and psychological advantage, erosion of their power. Uh, yeah. And um, and also, uh, you know, 
um, reshaping of this uh, line of actual control and um, India emerging as a strong competitor. So these were a couple of points that, uh, you know, figured quite a lot in the debates. It's interesting and, where it uh, does seem to reflect yeah. some of the concerns we've been we've seen on the Indian side as well from experts in India saying that India is losing access to its patrolling points and India is giving up territory. So it's quite interesting that it's a very close mirror imaging of, of some of the debates we've seen uh, in India. And more broadly uh, on the relationship, Antara, you've been tracking what Chinese experts have been saying over the last few months. Uh, what's your sense generally? Do they see this last year as a big turning point in the relationship? Or do they see this more as similar to past border conflicts uh, or do they see this, for example, as a way many people in India, former officials in India have said this is a big turning point and a rupture in the relationship. Is there a similar view among Chinese experts that you've read as well, Antara? Yes, uh, Anand, you spoke about uh, rupture in relationship and, um, you know, not going back uh, in, in relationship, which we, mm. uh, that sense that we can see in India. Um, I think uh, China is also seeing an inflection point in terms of its relationship with India. Um, it is generally believed, you know, in the writings of, I have seen it uh, many times in the writings of the Chinese strategists that they believe that higher India's international status becomes um, the stronger its self-confidence or its self-esteem, it is going to be difficult for China to maintain stability in the bilateral ties through cooperative uh, strategy of the past or mm. by just, you know, releasing deterrent um, signals. Mm. So what they argue is like um, China needs to assert its strength advantage uh, over India and it needs to force India to cooperate. Mm. And uh, in this regard, uh, I mean, it, today itself, I read an article by Wang Shrita, uh, Deputy Director of CICIR. Hmm. Uh, you must be familiar with him. Yes, and, for our uh, listeners, uh, the CICIR, uh, the China Institutes of Contemporary International Relations, is one of the most influential think tanks in Beijing and something that's tied to the Ministry of State Security as well. So it, it is uh, an influential think tank. Yes, so I will quote him here. He writes this article and where he ends by saying that China will have the greatest goodwill for India, mm. but it will keep the sword shining mm. and will seek to and will and will try to seek harmony through struggle and not through concession. So you can understand from his uh, comment mm. what could be a possible Chinese strategy, how they are looking at it from here on. Mm. So it seems to be a suggestion that uh, they want cooperative relations, but on their own terms. Uh, and Antara, in terms of the, of the reasons for this whole crisis uh, since the summer of 2020, there's been a lot of writings in China that look at the U.S. factor that have been uh, suggesting a, a U.S. angle to all of this. Uh, others have suggested it's more about, uh, as you referred to, these gray zones on the LAC and China wanting to establish dominance. In your view, is there agreement among Chinese experts as to what prompted this crisis uh, and which in India's view was triggered by the PLA's unprecedented mobilization along the LAC last year? Is there any consensus among them uh, as to why all of this happened, Antara? Uh, yes, uh, Anand, uh, you know, uh, before I answer this question, um, you know, I'd just like to give a little background about mm. India's position in China's strategic thinking. Mm. So India mm. is one country that figures concurrently 
in all the three focus areas of china's strategic outlay one is the major power diplomacy one is the neighboring uh, neighborhood diplomacy and mm. the third one is the developing country diplomacy so china's relationship with india is not only analyzed through the lens of china india relations or say what is happening in south asia like south asia geopolitics mm. but it is um, more uh, i mean like it is mostly uh, seen through the backdrop of china's rise or china's competition with the united states the indo pacific and and all those factors you know mm. so um so yes and uh, from that perspective you know what becomes clear i have been studying this aspect i mean since the beginning of uh, i mean uh, since the uh, incident happened mm. and um, one strategy um which which looks quite i mean like which is quite apparent to me is like you know what they want to do is like through controlled conflict at the border they want to kind of check and balance uh, what is perceived as a rising confident india which is enjoying its uh, strategic opportunity period mm. but at the same time it wants to it wants to carefully avert escalation of situation or have a full scale conflict so that the united states which it which china considers uh, as its primary you know uh, competitor uh, united states should not uh, you know get to reap any benefit from uh, from this uh, china india problem you know mm. so it's a delicate balance that they want to strike Mm. so i mean that's quite clear from the writings uh, of the chinese strategists uh, in in the whole uh, you know uh, in the last one year that's fascinating and a final question uh, antara it's been quite unprecedented over the past weekend uh, it's quite rare to see india being one of the most hotly debated topics on chinese social media there was a case all through last weekend on weibo where most of the trending topics all involved uh, the clash in galwan valley the soldiers the five chinese soldiers who were honored uh, and the four of them especially who had lost their lives there were thousands of messages being tributed but there were also thousands of angry messages some would say even abusive messages that were sent out to the indian embassy's uh, account uh, on weibo antara do you think that this outpouring of sentiment anti india sentiment if we are going to be uh, clear about it is that going to have a lingering impact on the relationship in your view and i think this might have some impact on the negotiation process uh, you know it might make it more difficult it might make it more protracted uh, but i'm not sure whether it will have a big impact on the on the course of india china relationship you know Mm. um why i see this because uh, as you know in a uh, in china's in in a chinese setup public sentiment is kind of uh, it is very easy to be manipulated or orchestrated as per the national interest you know mm. and uh, if the chinese leadership thinks that having india as an occasional partner mm. uh is better than having india as a clear enemy mm. i think no amount of public sentiment is going to stop president xi jinping to visit india uh for brics for brics summit so i think um, you know it, mm. it it might have impact but uh, limited impact right uh, and of course china is a unique place where the, the government does control the media controls the discussion 
uh, and it can really sh- uh, steer the conversation, which is difficult for us in India to understand, where even uh, the, the narrative that the government has put out in some ways is very effective within China, even if it, that isn't the case outside China. Antara Goshal Singh, thank you so much for joining us today on the Hindu In Focus podcast. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.